This morning, um, as we preach, as I preach, as you listen, I guess, <laughs> try and change that, um, we're um, thinking about, oh, I think, who, who are we as a church, as Christians, as people, um, and who must we be, who does God call us to be, and I'm not necess- don't hear me saying we're here and we should be over there. I actually think we're here and we're living as God's called us to live. But sometimes what God wants us to do is he calls us to that which we already are and that what we know is true. And it would actually be a terrible thing if a preacher got up and told you a whole lot of new stuff because you've got the Spirit of God and in one sense anything that's said from the front should really be echoing with the truth that's already in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? I don't know if if you've ever been someone who does something like journaling. I remember I did that at one point and I came to revelations and I wrote them down and then later on I read back, sorry, I I had a new revelation and I went back and found that was in there again because it was a new... It was what I'd already knew, but I already, but I was reminded. Do you know what I mean? In Christ, you're a new creation. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that, even though it's always true, and to call you to live as new creations because that is what you are. Does that make sense? I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It reminds us of what's true, and we thank you for the work of your Spirit, who breathes life into us as we hear your word. And we pray that you would speak to us this morning that you would encourage us and bring us your life, that you would remind us of who we are in you and how we should live. And uh, I pray that you would bless us with the knowledge of your truth in Jesus' name. Amen. We're reading from John 15 this morning, a passage you will know well, and uh, it's a good one. John 15 verse 1. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now I'll go on in the passage as we go. But in Jesus' time there were lots of vineyards around. In fact there's a few around St George and that makes it easier. Where we used to live in South Australia about 50% of the land was vineyards. So we saw a lot of people doing, they were tending to their vines and particularly when a vine's young, what happens later on, they have big electric pruners that go along and go, and they go along about, you know, great big saws and they prune automatically. But for the first three years of a vine's life in South Australia, this is, they would actually go along and they would prune and they would tie up the vine by hand, right? And the reason for that was that it's the foundation of the vine, the beginning of it, which would stay there and be what became the permanent vine or the permanent cordon, as they called it, okay? The main stem. And that would remain year after year, although everything else would be pruned off. That was the permanent part, okay? And Jesus says, I'm the vine. I am that which remains, is always there, is stable and gives life to the whole of the vine. And my father, he's the gardener. He's the farmer. He's the one who cares for the vineyard. 
And onto this vine grows branches or spurs and they grow from the vine each year. They're not necessarily permanent, but the branches have to be connected to the vine. Who is Jesus? The branches get their nutrients, they get their life from him because he's the vine. Now, the father, who's the gardener, he looks at the vine and if there's a branch that doesn't bear fruit, he actually gets out the secateurs and he cuts it off. Other branches he sees that are bearing fruit and he takes these ones and he prunes them. In other words, he... He shortens them and they, if you've ever seen someone who knows what they're doing and I don't, they prune according to where the bud is and where the different things is and they get it just right and when they do get it right, it produces more fruit. But he cuts back the branches that are good to make them even more productive. Now, I don't know if you've pruned... I do prune my fruit trees and every time I do, I think this is a brutal act... <laughs> Do you ever think that? I mean, you can, you, you, some some of it's for shaping and and for, but and yet you think when you're pruning this is a brutal act, but when spring comes and it shoots out and there's all this new life and there's so much more new life because you've pruned it, you go, no, that was the right thing to do, and then you get more fruit. You understand the process. You become more brutal, uh, productive, productive. Because of this. Okay, now you notice though that when he used the, the Greek word here is a bit of a funny one where it uses the word prunes because the word prunes also means cleans. In fact, it's almost likely that it really meant to be clean, although we've got the idea of pruning in our head because that's what you do to a vine. And that is Jesus, or the Father, sorry, prunes every branch or he cleans every branch. Or some some translations would say he purges every branch. It's not what, not cleaning as in you know I clean my hands with a scrubbing brush and soap. It, it's a cleaning more as to f- clean from sin, to clean from guilt. The gardener comes along to the branch that's bearing fruit, and he cuts off the useless parts of it. Maybe there's some useless shoots that have started to shoot out and then they die. You've ever seen that in a tree? Or maybe there's that, you know, you get that big gangly sort of limb that pokes out but it doesn't bear fruit. He snips that off because they just waste nutrients. And even a dried up twig that's stuck on there, it still wastes, it just wastes nutrients. So he cuts them off, he prunes them, and that action of pruning is actually an action of cleansing. That's actually good news for us. The Father's working on us. It would be a lot worse if he said, okay, here you are, I'm leaving you to your devices. But he doesn't. He's constantly working for our good to bear fruit. Now, later on we'll talk about what that fruit is. But it's good news. He is pruning us. Because, you see, we also know that the life that's flowing through the branches, through us, is Jesus' life. And none of that's going to go to be wasted. He wants every bit of those good nutrients to be used for best. And so he actually prunes us according to his good purpose, which we're part of. It's for our good, it's for his good, and it's to his glory. 
Okay. Does that make sense? How are we going? Are we all a bit sleepy this morning? This is good. Verse 4 says, Jesus says, Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Where does the branch get its life from? From Jesus, from the vine. The branch is connected to the vine. And if honestly, we've got a great vine at home. If I go now, just this morning, and cut off a branch and put it on the ground in the sun, it is, it is not even hours before it wilts. Tomorrow it'll be going brown. It dies almost immediately. And if you ever think about that, it means that the flow of nutrients is not just like a little tiny bit. It is flowing all the time, and that branch is kept alive all the time because it's connected to the vine. If you disconnect it, it's not going to last long because we are not self-contained people. Do you understand that? There is no true life that we have without being connected to Jesus the vine through God. We need him every moment of the day. We need him every hour. We need his spirit because we say when, we, when, we, when we're apart from God or when we're having it, we say, I'm feeling dry, don't we? Do you know why? Because we're dry. Yep. And yet when we say I'm feeling dry, you are Christians, you've got the Holy Spirit. You know what to do, don't you? You know where the answer is. You know where the wet comes from in the dry, don't you? How far away is God at those dry times? He's not a mile away, is he? He's this far away. He's right there with us. And you know, all you've got to do is feel me. And he listens. He's there. He's the true vine. Oh, because that's what I missed out. Jesus said in the very first verse, he said, he didn't just say I'm the vine. He said, I am the true vine. Because there are false vines. I like this passage because I like gardening. And I like trees and I like plants and things. And you... It's like saying there's bad rootstock out there and you can connect to it and it looks like a good base but it doesn't have the oomph to give you the nutrients and the water you need. Like it's a pathetic little stick and you can put you on there and it'll kind of keep you alive. But that's all. There's a bad vine. And there's another way of looking at it too. In, in South Australia, this is many years ago, maybe older people might remember, we used to have this melon that, it wasn't very nice, but, I, but my dad liked it. It was called pie melon. You ever, ever heard of pie melon? No, 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 no. no this, this is where you get mixed up. So we'll come back to that though. Pie melons, they, they, came to, they, lo- they looked like, a lot like a watermelon, but they kind of had the sub- that t- substance and taste, something like a zucchini. They were kind of filler for pies. They were filler. But they were very, very similar to paddy melons. And they actually interbred with paddy melons. But what you could have done is you could have taken a bit of pie melon, cut it off, and you could have spliced it onto a paddy melon and it would have grown just fine, except for you know what paddy melon's like. Do you remember as a kid the taste of paddy melon? I do. <laughs> it's not good. It's bitter. It's, it's disgusting. It's, it's not good for anything. And if you were to take a good vine and splice it on, it's either going to be not strong enough to bear good fruit or the fruit it's going to produce are going to be bitter and rotten. 
But the thing is, a pie melon and a patty melon, actually I could hold one in each hand and you wouldn't know the difference. Until you taste them. But if you're connected to the false vine, you end up with false fruit. Fruit which looks right, but at its heart is not. Okay. So know this. You, we must be connected to the true vine. What it's simply saying is, there's a whole lot of things out in this world that promise to give you life. And they'll wilt you. They might keep you just alive enough, but they won't give you the life that you get from Jesus, who is the true vine. However, if you are connected to the true vine, you cannot but produce good fruit. Does that make sense? You will. If you're connected to Jesus, you will. I won't, even if I don't tell you, even if you don't hear me preaching, wow, that's good, isn't it? Do you understand what I'm saying? When you're connected to Jesus, you are producing good fruit. Nothing can stop you. Because the goodness of Jesus is flowing through you. Okay. I'm going on. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is an excellent passage. We could stay in this forever, really. It's, it's a whole Christian life and the whole Christian church just in action. It's awesome. But again, we're not autonomous. We are saved by Jesus to live reliant on him. We're part of his plan. And every good thing that we display, every good bit of fruit, every good bit of life, every life-giving action, every good work that we do, and they are many because the flow is coming through the vine of Jesus. Do you understand that? When he is flowing through you, you are awesome producers of good works. Isn't that good? Yep. He is bringing good things to us all the time, and they all come from him. Now, just to change the metaphor a bit, we've got a dog. Her name's Pebbles. And every night, she gets fed. And she, she, they learn our dogs to wait around the front door because that's where you get fed at, at, at night. And so she sits there and we bring her out of food and for some reason she's, a, she's got OCD and she won't eat in front of you. So you've got to go inside and shut the door. And then she actually, we found out, we didn't even know this till she lays down to eat. I've never seen a dog do that. Anyway, that's, she's embarrassed about that so she doesn't eat in front of us. Now, it would be very stupid if Pebbles thought, I produce my own food, I'll tell you how I do it. I sit in front of that door. I make it happen. I'm in control of it. That would be stupid, wouldn't it? I get my food on my own. I know just how to wait. I'm in control of my owners who never forget me most times. Can you understand what I'm saying? Everything comes from God. It would be crazy for us to say, look at all this good stuff that come from Derek. 
It comes from God and we continually draw on him and all of this good flows through us. And at harvest time, for you who are farmers, we, we, we can't say, we have brought this harvest. We give thanks to God, don't we? We know we take our part, don't we? But he supplies the water, the sunlight, the soil. It's from outside of ourselves. Now that's not to say there's not a good farmer because there are good farmers, aren't they? They know when to plant. They plant in season with the correct time. They look to the signs. They trust God. They look to him. But he gives them the harvest. He does the big part. And I guess in some ways the drought we're having is proof that we need him, isn't it? We are completely reliant on him because without the provision that only he can give, everything grinds to a halt. Everything stops. I'm not saying this to be harsh, but we know and we trust that God can and does use the drought to prune us and to clean us because how, what's the most important? The most important thing for us in life is that we rely on him. And drought makes, us, makes that happen. It forces us to the place where we go, it's you. It's all you, doesn't it? That's good. I'm not saying drought's good. I don't like drought. But it's good to be brought to the place. Now, I just want, I'll talk about this a bit more because, you see, we do have a part. Now, listen to this from Mark 4. It's one of my favourite parables, but I'm not going to talk about my favourite bit of it today. But it says this. Jesus said this. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed upon the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. So the farmer... He, he doesn't do nothing, does he? What does he do? He plants at the right time. He's smart. He probably, in dry land farming, he waits till it rains. He plants after the rain. The irrigators, they plant dry and let the water in, but they don't plant if the dam hasn't got water in it, do they? So there's actually a bit of, and they actually fertilise the ground before they even plant and then put the water to it. Is that right? Am I, I'm not. So he plants, and later on he harvests. But the bit in the middle, it says, he doesn't know how it happens. It just kind of happens all by itself. It grows because you can't get in there and make the cells divide and make the plant grow. and You can't do that. That is actually a miracle of God, isn't it? He does what he alone can do. And, and sometimes he kind of makes crops grow when there hasn't been enough rain. How does that happen? That's a miracle. I saw some of that last year. It's Jew's place. Hey, Stu. He does think. So we take our part. We wisely do what God calls us to do and he miraculously does the, the, the bit that we just cannot pull off and we couldn't because the good work comes from him. I hope that makes sense to you because what should that do for us? It makes us people that just rely completely on him and look to him at every moment. Okay, but I, I'm still going on a little bit more. Okay. He cleanses us. It says, I've cleansed you or I've washed you by my word. It is a good thing to hear and read the word of God because as you do, he is doing something amazing in your life, in your heart and in your mind. He works 
It's a really good thing to read God's word. It's a good thing to hear God's word. It's a good thing to meditate on it and to think over it. Maybe write it out, some people do. Because God cleanses you, he washes you, he prunes you through his word. And you know that happens, don't you? That's just a little encouragement. His word is good. And as we do this, it is, this is, verse 8 said, to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. In other words, it, it's to his glory as we live flowing with his nutrients. Because if we're flowing with his nutrients and we say, it's all you, Jesus, it glorifies him. But you know what? He glorifies us by having his nutrients flowing through us. So it's, it's just all around good. We work with his power and it's good. And verse 7 said, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. In other words, ask for the flow of goodness and it will be given to you. Because I tell you what, if you ask, I want more from you, God, I want more of your good to flow through me, I want to bear more fruit in your name, do you think he's going to honour that or just go, nah? He's working for your good. He wants, he wants his good to work out and he, his spirit is with us. Okay. But if anyone doesn't remain in him, he dries up, he's cut off and he's thrown into a big fire. And in South Australia, interestingly enough, they pile up all the, those sticks and they burn the fire when it's frosty and the smoke goes over and protects the good vine. <laughs> hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? Okay, what is the fruit? It actually, he immediately tells us what the fruit is. It's simple. It's love. Verse 9 says, As my Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Now love is not a basic, it's not a schmaltzy, yucky Hollywood thing. It is the life of God flowing through us as we love one another. Because he himself is love. And when we're connected to him, we will love. And that's why I can say before you people, I know that you bear good fruit. Because you do love, because you're connected to him. Isn't that good? Now keep doing that. It's good. And if you're not connected to him, you know, you, you know when you, you go dry and you blame everybody else for you being selfish? <laughs> I blame everybody else for me being selfish. Yeah, right. You know the answer. Bad fruit. You know bad fruit? It always ends up religious, I reckon. You know what I mean? Ends up with religion. In other words, it looks like a pie melon, but it's a patty melon. It looks like you use it for something useful, but it's yuck. And, and, and Paul says that in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, you know, about love. If I speak with all these prophecies, but I haven't got love, I'm a clanging cymbal. Bang, bang, bang. Ever heard a kid playing with a cymbal? It's not good. If I do miracles, if I move mountains if I have the great wisdom and knowledge, or if I start giving away all my money to the poor and I haven't got love, he says, I am nothing. 
Remember Simon Tunis, he came to a revelation of the grace of God about a couple of years ago. He came and he said, I realised this. No one should get up in front of those people he met the church. No one should get up in those unless they love the people. That was the conclusion he came to. You should never stand up here and say anything unless you love the people. Now I reckon you should never do anything as a Christian unless you love the people. Because that's the action of God flowing through you. You understand? Because it's, it, it's, it's when you get religious, well, you get up to berate people. I'll tell you how it should be done, people. Like me. <laughs> you, know, you understand? But when you have the love of Christ flowing through you, it's, it's all good. Okay. So we love. Because that is who God is. That is what Jesus is. He loves. And when we're connected to him, we love. Hmm. So we love. So to finish with, I just want to go back to this verse 4. Remain in me and I will remain in you. That's what Jesus says. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in him. Live a life in total dependence on Jesus. Stay connected to him. It's his, his work flowing through you. And as you do, you'll love. And as you connect to him, you, will, you cannot not love. Because his love's at work in us. Remain in him and he will remain in you and you will produce fruit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have given us incredible riches, incredible resources in the power of your Holy Spirit. So incredible that we might even be able to love each other and love you. Father, I pray that we would live in all of that fullness. I pray that we would be men and women and children who draw on you every moment of every day and so that we live in all of the fullness that you have for us. Your love, your grace and your mercy. And Father, if we have been drawing or trying to connect ourselves and draw on bad, bad vines, Father, show them to us that we might put them aside and look only to you and seek you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.